It's about that time. Fat Mike, Chicago Sports. Yeah. Finally here, finally here. Shot City Sports is right here. Updates on news, get it here. The rumors, cause we keep it real. Fat Mike. Sit back, relax, sugar beer, one of them nights. Monday, 8.30, the news on, let's get right. Finally here, finally here. Shot City Sports is right here. Updates on news, get it here. The rumors, cause we keep it real. Yeah, baby. Here we go. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another Fat Mike Chicago Sports Show. I, as always, am your host, Fat Mike, and holy cow, guys, do we have a lot of stuff to get into tonight. We are going to be talking the Chicago Cubs, we're going to be talking a bunch of other stuff. Hold on, I'm figuring this out on the go here, I apologize about that. But, we got a bunch of stuff to get into tonight. We have all the baseball action from this weekend, we also have... Uh, Scott Powers coming on from The Athletic, joining us here tonight to talk some playoff hockey, baby. And I'm super excited for that. But first, let me get into the nitty-gritty of exactly what has transpired over the last six hours or so with myself. So a lot of you may have seen that the barroom and I are no longer affiliated with one another. And I get it. That's okay. I don't have any animosity towards these guys. I love these guys. Each and every single one of them, and I mean that, I really do. Aldo Gandia, Greg Braggs, Joe Mandel, John Santucci, Dan Aguirre, Ryan Badgley, Bobby Bombs, Tyler Ellis, John Buffone, David Schuster, Grobstein, Greg Gabriel, the list goes on and on and on. Alright, those guys will forever hold a near and dear spot in my heart. Without the barroom, I wouldn't have some of you guys listening into the show, and I'm thankful for that. They were able to put my name on out there, and they were they supported my show and marketed my show in many ways that I could only have dreamed about doing. And like I said, I'm forever thank forever thankful to everyone there. They really are the best, and there was no ill words towards them. But uh, going forward, I am going to continue to push myself into pursuing my own personal endeavors, in which I have huge plans for myself, my brand, my name. In my mindset of what I want to happen. Uh, it's close but yet so far away. I want uh, I want to entail a, a, a whole aspect of things. And what I want to accomplish is, is, is big. But we as a whole here at Fat Mike will get there slowly but surely. Now, I know... It's, I, I love those guys, and nothing is ever, ever going to change that. Those guys are fantastic. I have no ill words, like I said. And I'm just, it, it saddens me. It does. It sucks. But it's okay. You know, somebody once said, I'm not going to say who, but uh, somebody over the weekend told me that diamonds are made under pressure. And I'm going to, I'm going to sit with that. I'm going to let that settle and let that get into it. But other than that, we got a big show here tonight. We have a bunch to get into. Like I said, we're going to be talking Cubs, Sox, the baseball from this past weekend. And it's it's been crazy. It's been yet another week since since I was last on here. And in that week, there's been a ton of sports news going on across the four major sports. We have baseball finally underway, which, yeah, baby, I'm all giddy about. We have the first player in the NFL opting out for the season due to in part of the COVID-19 outbreak. 
And we have base, uh, basketball gear and backup, and we have hockey, baby, ready for puck drop on Saturday. And I cannot wait for that. Okay, now I'm, I have a lot of ill... A lot of ill will towards the playoff team hike, the playoff team expansion. But we'll touch on that later with Scott Powers. I've always said that my favorite time throughout the year, and buddies of mine can attest to this, is is the month of March. And it's starting to feel like that around here right now in the sports essence. And it's, it's really, really fun. It makes me all warm and fuzzy inside. Usually in March, when we don't have a pandemic hit us, and everything is put to a standstill. We have baseball getting underway with spring training and games going underway. Hockey is hockey is right in the right in the middle of it. It's real tight with teams vying for playoff spots. We have March Madness gearing up, and then the NBA is doing the same thing as hockey. Lower seeded teams fighting to stay in or get in, and it's 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 a beautiful time in sports. The month of March. Let me tell you, I love it. In about two weeks here. We're going to have everything come back all at once. It's going to be a big sports overload coming our way, and I fucking love it. I really can't wait. And this past weekend, I didn't do much besides watch and or listen to baseball. It didn't matter what game was on or who was playing. I was tuned in, loving every single minute of it on the MLB at Bat app. I paid the $3.99 for it. It's amazing. If you guys don't have it, you can listen to any game, anywhere, anytime. For literally four dollars a month, and I'm they're I'm not a they're not a sponsor of mine. I just love that app. But it, the Cubs kicked off the season the right way on Friday. It was awesome. Kyle Hendricks just being absolutely dominating against the recent division rival in the Milwaukee Brewers. He went out there and he pitched his balls off with a complete game, zero walks, zero earned runs, three hits, and nine strikeouts. And that's the that's the type of pitching performance that the Cubs needed to get their footing going in the right direction this season, in this 60-game shortened season. That's what they needed. All right, And I was one of those guys that was a little nervous about Kyle, Kyle Hendricks starting being the ace. I was like, I don't know, man. It's, can he do this? I'm not sure about it. But he ended up shutting me up real quick after a complete game like that. So then on Saturday, the Cubs get rolled 8-3, which drove me nuts. But they bounced back yesterday. With a good win against the brew against the brew crew, where Chatwood looked the best I had ever seen that guy pitch in a Cub uniform. That's the best I've ever seen that guy pitch. Wrapping up, wrapping up with a two-one series win. It was exactly what the Cubs needed. They should have won that Saturday game, but Darvish was kind of all over the place. But it is what it is. But they won the series against a division rival, and that's what matters. That was huge. And it's, it's a big thing that they started off in the right footing like that. Now the Sox didn't do so well this past weekend. Okay, They finished up their series 1-2, and two, but they played surprisingly, surprisingly not that well. The Sox, they did their best version of Jekyll and Hyde. And they were either blasting them way out of Chicago, or they were tossing beach balls in that fierce batting order to the Twins. Friday, Lucas Giolito didn't come with his best stuff, and the Sox lost 10-5. But Saturday, holy cow, like ridiculous. Saturday, I've been saying this, the Sox's biggest question mark is the pitching staff, and particularly Dallas Keuchel. I figured Giolito would come back strong, and that's that's to say that he hasn't. It's, it's the start of the season, guys. It's his first start. He didn't look great, but I have a feeling that he will bounce back. Okay, it's going to happen. 
But Keiko was a big question for me for, for with the, with this Sox team. You know, which Keiko were you guys going to dip? Were going to get? Were you guys going to get rocky starts like he's had over the two, past two years with the Astros and the Braves, or were you guys going to get get and find the groove again of being a dominant ball, ground ball punch out pitcher like he's been the previous years when he was looking like a Cy Young candidate for the Houston Astros? Well, I tell you this, he shined on Saturday, and he 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 quieted a tough lineup. And the Sox got the W behind him, just a sh- just straight mashing the baseball. And we talked about that too. Sox just crushing the ball over and over and over again on Saturday. And it was it was, it was an ass whooping they put on that team. But yesterday they went out there and they got rolled fourteen to two. So the Sox lost their series two to one to the Twins. And to take a look, bounce back. You know they they hope to bounce back against this upcoming in this upcoming series against the Indians. You know, the Cubs look to keep the timely hitting going against division odds favorite Cincinnati Reds tonight. I know both of them are playing tonight, I believe. I know the Cubs are. I don't know if you guys hear all those dingins, but those are all my Cubs updates. But uh, both of these series should be fantastic series going against division rivals. I'm looking forward to it. But, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that that has to happen for both of these teams. I don't want you Sox fans to go out there and get sad that... That 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 Giolito didn't didn't play all that well. That didn't that he didn't pitch all that well. He pitched his balls off, guys. I mean, he didn't he didn't look the greatest. But you know what you're gonna get out of you know what you're gonna get out of Lucas Giolito. Hopefully, hopefully he doesn't regress into what he was. You know, with the the Braves or um, the, that last year with the Astros. He's a, he's a pro. Okay, you don't have to worry about that guy. Okay, what you do got to worry about is Garcia and the other guys that you guys got going on. That's that, that's the pitching staff that you guys have to worry about. All right, your guys' bullpen is going to hold you guys going. You guys should be a strong team. But in a 60-game season, anything can happen. The Cubs are the same way almost. The Cubs, the Cubs have no bullpen and really aging starting pitching. So what the hell are you going to do there? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe John Lester shows a little bit of a little bit of umph in his old manisms and his in his old man age and going out there and looking like uh, putting together a nice solid season. But you can't count on that. You Darvish didn't start off the season all that great. So who knows? Well guys, with that really quick, I got we have the firehouse promo here for you. It kind of started playing beforehand. But uh, let's we'll get back to baseball talk here in a little bit. I know it's hot news in town right now, but we have a bunch of amazing guests on with us tonight. But before we get into our first interview of the night, let's do let's do a quick hit from Firehouse Subs. Firehouse Subs family of restaurant owners and local crews are proud to continue to serve you the hot, hearty, and meaty subs you crave every single day. It's never been easier to grab their subs on the go for you or your entire family. With Firehouse Subs Rapid Rescue to Go, you can order online or on the Firehouse Subs app, and they'll have your subs boxed, bagged, and ready for pickup at their designated to-go areas. No crowds, no lines, no waiting, no problem. Or get Firehouse Subs delivered right to your door with your favorite delivery app. Remember, Firehouse Subs was founded by firefighters, so being there to help serve their community, it's in their DNA. Plus, you can still order a variety of cold subs, salads, and dessert catering platters 
for groups as small as five. And when you order in Firehouse Subs app, you'll earn points you can redeem for free food like meal upgrades and free subs. A portion of every Firehouse Subs purchase goes towards providing life-saving equipment for first responders. This year, the contributors from Firehouse Subs and their suppliers will total a minimum, a minimum of $1 million to support first responders via the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation. So guys, go on in, get your Firehouse subs, be there, they're the best, and this is coming from a fat guy, so you know they're the best. So eat Firehouse subs. Alright, and with that, guys, is comes your guys' favorite part of the night, and that is the Firehouse Hook and Ladder Trivia Question of the Week. So, the question is today, we got a big hockey show coming on here, so, <clears throat> excuse me. Our question tonight, what is the most goals scored in a single NHL game? Okay, the answer to that, first guy to answer that in the chat room, go ahead, you guys can look it on up. The first guy that gets that will win a Firehouse Subs gift card, thanks to me. It'll be a good one, and uh, they, they do kick ass over there, guys, so uh, keep it up, keep it up. And uh, so, yeah, we got, like I said, we got a Big, big guest coming on here with us tonight. So I'm really excited to get that going. And I'm a big Blackhawks fan. I've been a Hawks fan my entire life. I'm not one of those guys that that used to sit there and, you know, oh, when they got good, oh, no, nah, I'm a Hawks fan. No, that didn't happen. That's that's not me. That's not me. And we, are, we already have the correct answer in the chat room. Oh, no, we don't. I lied. I lied. We're close though. Oh yeah, we do. We do have. We do have the most. We have. We do have the answer. So uh, yeah, good job. But um, so <laughs> excuse me, guys. Um, but yeah, real quick before we hop into the interview with with uh, Scott Powers, we also have our very first. Uh, we have a couple guys sitting out in the NFL season. Uh, a couple more guys opting out today and over the past few days. Uh, opting out due to the COVID-19 outbreak. Several NFL players opted out for this upcoming season. Uh, Baltimore Ravens announced today that DeAnthony Thomas is added to the team's reserve list as a voluntary opt-out. Uh, you got Seattle uh, Seahawks guard uh, Chance Warmack, Cowboys cornerback Maurice Kennedy. You know, these are a few guys that are all doing it. New England Patriots' Danny uh, Vitale is opting out, and Patriots guard Najee Turan is opting out as well. Um, it's it's ridiculous. The very first one I think was Caleb Brantley, who was granted a high risk opt out. So it, it, I hope everything stays in store where we can all have the NFL season and all have all have a season, a sports season. But I mean, you can't risk. You guys can't. They they can't risk the health of these guys. That's the main thing. You guys can't do that. You know, I'm I'm scared just as much as everybody is. I want to see it. I want to see the games played and all that other good stuff. But I also want to see everybody healthy. I don't want to see anybody go down with anything stupid or anybody get sick over something over a fucking game. That because that's what it that's what it is. It's a game. So, but it's it's hard, guys. It, it's hard. You know, who knows what this is going to take? You know, out of the games this year. What happens if somebody like, for the Bears example, what happens if the quarterback room gets sick? How bad would that be? That would be terrible. Because, I mean, we don't have the greatest quarterbacks as it is anyways with Trubisky and Nick Foles. What happened if, what happened if both of them go out sick? That would suck. That would be terrible. You know, what happens if 
what would happen if you know our a couple of linemen got sick on our Bears team? We already have a depleted O line as it is. That's not a good thing. All right, so I mean, you gotta these guys. I hope the NFL does it right. I don't want to see anything happen like what's going on in the MLB right now. The Marlins today, eight new fucking what? Eight new players, twelve players, and two coaches or some shit like that. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Of course, leave it to Florida to, you know, the fucking panhandle state, all that panhandle behavior down there. I don't care if you guys are from Florida. Florida blows. All right. But leave it to the panhandle state not to do their shit the right way. Getting everybody sick. Now that that game's canceled tonight, the Phillies-Yankees game is canceled tonight. Are we going to be able to finish this MLB season? I mean, who knows at this point? I have no idea. Florida's the worst. Florida sucks. It should have been sawed off years ago and drifted out back you know, back towards Cuba. Go go that way. Get fucking Florida out of here. Florida sucks balls. So, but oh well. What do I know? All I know is that we need everybody to stay healthy. We can't have everybody getting sick. You just can't have that. That's that's bullshit. They they got to do a better job on what they're doing. They they really all all the sports across the way. Look at the NBA. The NBA has this bubble, which is kicking ass right now. Nobody's getting sick. All right, what's up, Tar Bill? What's up, AD White Sox? What's up, Lucky Kurtz? Bobby Phelan. You know, I, I thank you guys for hopping in the chat tonight. I appreciate it. But you know, it's it's like you guys got to be fucking kidding me with the, the, this COVID nineteen stuff. They have these rules set in set in place. What are you guys doing? You know, listen to the fucking rules and do your job. No more of this bullshit where it's, oh, I'm going to go out and tag some ass. Dude, tag some ass on your own time. Get out of here. You know, play the fucking sport that you're paid to do. You have a job, do it. So, I don't know. But like I said, guys, we have a big show tonight coming on. We have a big interview with Scott Powers, and I'm super excited for this. Uh, it's gonna. I don't know how the audio is gonna sound. I'm gonna do my best job with it. I'm gonna dial them up right now, and see how it works. But I know I'm really excited for it. This is my first go at doing all of this. I'm dialing them up right now. Let's see if it happens. Let's see if it works. Hopefully it works. But I know I'm really excited for it. You know this guy. You know, writes for the Athletic, Chicago. He's he's one of the articles that I always look up and try and find. And uh, I'm really excited to bring him on the show with us tonight. Scotty, you there, my man? Scott, you there? Yeah, can you hear me? Yes, I can. There you go. How's it going, guy? Yeah, sounds good. Good. How are you doing? Good. You're good. Hey, yeah. Thank you for coming on to the Fat Mike Show, man. I'm really excited to have you on here with us no. tonight. No, sounds good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm going to kind of get right into it with you. And, uh, you know, thank you for coming on with us again. I really do appreciate it. So let's get into it, shall we? Cool. All right, Corey Crawford is finally returned, making the trip up to Edmonton after this, this mysterious sit-out. It turns out that he had COVID-19, which is a big deal for this up-and-coming series against Edmonton. Is Corey Crawford game ready for his return, and do you feel the Hawks have a legit chance against the Oilers? Yeah, I think the Blackhawks are trying to figure that out, whether he's ready. You know, I was, uh, I was at practice on Saturday, and, uh, I, I was surprised that he, he looked as, as good a shape as he, you know, he was playing. Um, I, I think, you know, considering where we've seen him kind of have to come back from before, before the concussions and just how long that journey was, I think that was a fair 
Um, you know, you weren't sure what he had until he revealed he had COVID-19. I'm sure there are a lot of people that were assuming that, but you, you just never know. So, um, you know, he came back and he, he looked, you know, he looked decent. He, you know, he, he didn't look fatigued. You know, it was certainly some of the timing was off, but, um, you know, the Blackhawks have a week now to, to see where he's at. I, I think he gives them a better chance than the other goalies. Um, and now, you know, they're, they're out in Edmonton. They flew out to Edmonton on Sunday. So, they practiced, uh, practiced Sunday. They were off today. They'll be back on ice tomorrow. And they flew, play the Blues on Sun, uh, Wednesday. So, you know, there's not a whole lot of time to get uh, Crawford ready. And, and they probably want to decide on who their starter is and give them that game on Wednesday just because whomever it is needs needs those reps and that experience. And I, I would assume it's Crawford unless something really goes wrong or, or he just doesn't feel right. But, um I, I would, yeah. I, I guess just you know, based on his track record, I, I think he's going to push to come back. And even if he isn't great against the Blues, it, it's important to get him those reps. And then you know they'll practice on Thursday and Friday before the first game at Edmonton. So with Crawford, I think the Blackhawks have a chance. You know, Crawford was playing at a pretty high level before the pause. You know, the, the Oilers have some some big time players in Drysital and, and McDavid certainly, but uh, they're a flawed team in some ways, especially goaltending and. You know, Blackhawks have fared pretty well against them in, in recent years. So, um, you know, I, I, it's one of those series, you know, if the Crawford's in that, then um, I, I think the Blackhawks have a chance, and that's all you can ask for in a series like this. Okay, so what should be the Blackhawks' game plan to advance past the Oilers? And don't just say put more pucks in the net. That's obvious, Scott. How do they beat this Oilers team? I, I think a lot of it's going to come down to special teams. Um you know, five on five, the, the teams are pretty similar. Um, you know, McDavid, you know, who's, who's obviously, you know, arguably one of, you know, the best player in the game, and you know, Jonathan Taves is usually matched up against him pretty well and, and contained him to, you know, where, where they're not scoring a whole lot of goals with him on the ice. Um, I, I think Kirby Doc's going to see a lot of dry sidle. I, I, you know, I think the Blacks will hope, Blackhawks probably hope that, you know, Kane's line um, can give them a bit of an offensive push. But at five on five, the teams are pretty similar. Um, I think special teams is going to be such a key. Edmonton's really good on both sides. Their power play, uh, you know, is the best in the league. Um, so, so one key is definitely staying out of the, bo- out of the box. And then, um, you know, when Edmonton does get a power play, they're going to have a few a game, I assume. But um, you, you got to contain them. And, and, and really, um, you know, it's the one time you'll see McDavid and Dreisaitl on, on the ice together because, um, you know, Dave Tippett likes to separate those two on different lines now. Right. So, um, special teams are, are going to be huge, you know. And it's, uh, the Blackhawks' penalty kill has come a long way when it was uh, it was the worst in the league last year. The power plays uh, been a little hit and miss. Um, th- there were some positives they showed before the pause. You know, Kirby Doc was being the being the net front presence guy at the net, and you know, with his big body, and he's certainly come a long way from when he started the season. And, and Duncan Keith's been pretty aggressive in getting shots on from the point, and um, you know, from just watching the power play in practice. Uh, last week, you know, they, they seem like they're playing faster. You know, it's a lot of it's uh, using the pucks in Kane's hands, and they kind of slow it down and wait for the opportunity. And you know, Taves and Kane and uh, Kubalik and Keith and 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 Doxing, they're moving the puck pretty fast. So uh, you're, you're playing, you're scrimmaging against your own team, and um, you know, there, there's no contact. But um, it, it, some of those have to be positive signs. You know, the power play was looking better towards the before the season was put on pause, and then. Certainly, putting the ice—you know—putting the practice time into it and, and, and trying to play with more speed could be some, uh, you know, some ways that, that power play to be more effective. Right. 
So obviously everything before every before everything was put on hold due to the pandemic, uh, there there's major change this year due to the pandemic and the, the NHL season startup here. The NHL went from 16 teams making the playoffs to 24 teams making the playoffs, which I'm not a fan of, but it gave the Blackhawks, you know, to able to squeak in there and be lucky enough to squeak in. And once everything returns back to normal with COVID-19, hopefully going away or finding a vaccine for it or whatever, will the NHL remain to have 24 teams or will they go back to the slate prior to COVID-16, 16, 16 teams, eight in each conference? Yeah, no, I, I assume we'll stay at 16. Even now, they're not technically calling this the uh, the Stanley Cup playoffs at 24 teams. You know, they're, it's the qualifying round or the play-in round. So um, I, I think this was a way to uh, them to trying to be as fair as possible. You know, obviously teams like uh, teams like the Blackhawks and the Canadians were uh, the odds were very slim, but they weren't. You know, they weren't eliminated technically. So. Um, this was them trying to be fair to some other teams too, and, and certainly having a, a round number was probably the objective. So, uh, yeah, for the Blackhawks, you know, it's I know that there are people, certainly people who don't think the Blackhawks should be in this, and, and I get it. For the Blackhawks, you know, that they're willing, um, you know, there's only so much you can do, and, and you kind of accept the terms, and, and and obviously they're glad the terms they worked out in them. But um, you know, this is a young team that, regardless of what happens, you know, like you, you can definitely argue that losing in this round. Um, would possibly give the Blackhawks a better future, considering uh, you know one eight one of the eight teams eliminated are going to have a chance of the number one pick, just the way that the uh, the draft lottery, the first round went. So, um, but I, I think this this experience is important for, for those young guys. You have so many guys on entry level co- contracts, and right. especially guys like Doc and Boquist and Nylander, guys that uh, the Blackhawks are envisioning being big parts of the future. And um, you know, just to get the sort of you know, big time playoff experience. You know, regardless of what happens in the series, I, I think the Blackhawks can benefit from this. So a few a few days ago, it broke that longtime mainstay Blackhawks defenseman Brent Seabrook will not be traveling with the team up to Edmonton, saying that you know, and I quote, I don't that he that quote, I don't feel comfortable yet, just not as comfortable as I want to be. How big of a loss is that for this team, and how hard does it make the defensive pairings going on for this series? I think this has actually made things easier. Where Seabrook just—he isn't the player that he once was. Um, and, and you know, as he explained, he's been dealing with these injuries for five, ten years, where he's unable to sleep on his shoulder and pick up his children. And um, he's a very proud person, and uh, didn't want to admit that he was hurt. And, and certainly, his game has deteriorated over the recent years. And you saw him become a healthy scratch under Quinville once, and and a few times under Jeremy Colleton too. So. You know, the fact he was even on the ice for these uh, for these practices, training camp was pretty amazing considering he was coming out with three surgeries, you know, surgeries on both hips and on his shoulder. And, um, you know, just watching him, he, he didn't look, he didn't look comfortable. He, he didn't look fluid. You can tell that he wasn't, uh, he wasn't, you know, like this was all new to him, that this was still rehabbing things and getting comfortable with the hips and the shoulder and just kind of getting everything to flow again. So... I uh, I think this took a, a decision off of Jeremy Colleton's plate where he doesn't have to tell uh, Brent Seabrook that he he's not ready and uh, you know Seabrook was mad enough to, to step up and say that you know I, I don't I don't feel ready I don't think I'm ready uh, I'm gonna stay home and give this opportunity to someone else that deserves it so um, I think it's 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 probably eased some of the tension that was was, was potential because Seabrook didn't handle those healthy scratches well in the past and, and he certainly looked up to by 
uh, you know, the team. He's considered a leader. So, um, you know, I thought this was him being a leader more than anything, just, uh, you know, just saying that I'm not good enough now. And But he, he also didn't hide the fact that he thinks – he thinks next season he's going to come into camp and uh, still be a difference maker and still someone who can play. And, you know, he was asked where he thought the Blackhawks thought his future was, and he said he didn't know. But he certainly envisioned himself being an impact player for some team in the NHL. So, uh, you know, we'll read into that more as time goes on and see if, uh, you know, come next season where Seabrook stands because the Blackhawks certainly have a lot of young defensemen. But um, I, I, I do think they'll miss his leadership in some ways, but on the ice I don't think it's going to be a – uh, it'll really be noticeable. I think, you know, they're going to Duncan Keith and Bolquist as the top pairing, and then the fact that DeHaan's back is, uh, you know, a, a, a big boost for the Blackhawks. DeHaan was playing pretty well before he got his, his shoulder surgery, and, uh, you know, Connor Murphy's now fighting fighting off of a, a groin, uh, groin injury, so he, he's sort of the question mark. And then that third pairing, I think they're going to go with Mott and Cuckoo, uh, which was, uh, you know, it's analytically and a lot of numbers indicated that was probably one of the Blackhawks' better defense We have we have a great question from the chat here from our from our buddy Tarbill. He wants to know in regards to COVID, do you see the success and or failure of hockey affecting football season since they're both contact sports? I, you know the fact that NHL is going to be in the bubble. I, I, I think it's it's hard to compare these. You know, like I mean, we see what's happening with with the Marlins and baseball now. That if you if you leave it. Uh, if you leave these competitions outside the bubble, I, I think you're just leaving it to chance. You know, I, I think once you get with them, get teams within a bubble, uh, you're, you're going to have more of an opportunity to pull this off. Because you know, even if you do have some cases early on, those those cases should you know wane off, and, and eventually those numbers should be really low, to zero to none. And you know, we've seen that in other sports with uh, you know certainly NBA and MLS and um, and these different leagues pulling off the bubble. Um, in a bubble scenario, so I think the NFL, as long as they're they're looking to play outside the bubble, I think they're going to leave themselves open to a lot of the chance and um, and certainly the possibility of it falling under you know what, what's happening with baseball now too. So right. the, fact, the fact that NHL is contact sports, certainly there's uh, uh, I think there's some you know some way to compare, but w- once you have them in a bubble, you're supposed to kind of eliminate the uh, those chances of anyone getting getting it because uh, you know through the testing you're able to you know this person doesn't have it, and then you're free to play. And I think with the NFL, it's uh, it's going to be harder if they play outside the bubble and um, and just uh, people having free roam and, and, you know, tracking people and, and kind of keeping people under wraps. So, um, I, you know, I, I'm more curious about, I, I guess, just whether even the NHL, you know, I, right now the NHL numbers have been really good, and I guess we'll see if, uh, if they can stay there and that can continue, and, and the NBA... Um, but I, I even think with what with baseball's going on, maybe that it could help. It might dictate what the NFL does too, and see if they can uh, become any more restrictive as possible. We have another great question from the chat here for you, Scott. Our guy, Har- our, our guy Harpy, he wants to know: Will Connor Murphy play on the blue line, and will he be effective? Yeah, it sounds like the Blackhawks are trying to figure that out. You know, he's uh, he said he, he kind of tweaked something in his groin when he came back to the camp. Right. Um, he's uh, you know he, he's been kind of in and out of practices, and you know he, he when he talked to us uh, the media on Saturday or Friday, I think it was. You know, he said the plan was kind of ramping up as, as time goes on, and unfortunately now that they've gone inside the bubble, we don't get to see practices. And when they were in Chicago, we did so. 
it, it's all going to be kind of, uh, you know, we're going to ask Jeremy Carlton questions. Uh, after tomorrow's practice, we'll talk to, to Carlton and some players, and we're also kind of uh, usually, you know, the normal practice, it's an open locker room, and you can ask any, ask for anyone, and now the Blackhawks will dictate who we get to talk to. So I don't know if Murphy will be one of those guys in, in the near future here. So it'll, it'll sort of just uh, be listening to Carlton and, and, you know, his reports on Murphy. But um, ideally, they, they obviously want him out there. Um, uh, the groin injury can be can be tricky, and um, you know just the, the way that you're kind of slowly ramping it up, and the Blackhawks don't have a lot of time. So I, I think you know obviously the Corey Crawford storyline is probably the biggest one this week, but right. uh, certainly the secondary one is, is Connor Murphy because he's been so effective and um, he's really been uh, you know mainstay on that blue line here in the last couple seasons since he came over from Arizona. Oh, definitely, definitely. That was a trade that I didn't want to see happen, but. It almost had to happen because Jarmerson was going to get paid there. So it was it was announced last week that there's a new expansion team coming to the NHL, and it's the Seattle Kraken. I saw their jerseys. They're pretty goofy looking, if you ask me, but besides the, that's besides the point. Which guys on the Blackhawks roster could possibly be drafted by the Kraken in the expansion draft? Yeah, you know, this is going to be hard to predict because we're still a whole year out, so... Um, I think this roster could change even this offseason where the Blackhawks don't have a lot of cap space and, uh, you know, they need to pay Kubelik, they need to pay Strom, uh, Kajula is a restricted free agent, and, and, and then again, the big questions about the goalie, um, you know, when they traded Robin Leonard, that some people thought that maybe he's the goalie of the future, and, and they obviously decided against that, and now Corey Crawford's an unrestricted free agent. Um, he's 35. How much more, uh, you know, how, how much longer do you want to sign him for? Um, are you going to keep him at six million, or, or try to bring him at less? Or, right. And certainly, his concussion history is a bit of a fair too. And um, you know, Kubalik scoring thirty goals. You know, the fact that he's up with his contract so so quickly probably doesn't benefit the Blackhawks. Um, Strom doesn't have arbitration rights, so um, I think that's uh, that's going to factor into it too. So um, I, I think there are a lot of questions on how this team is going to uh, look from a year from now because I, I think there's a chance they buy out Olimata and they buy out Zach Smith just to free up some cap space. Um, and, and then, it's, you know, uh, they bring in a hockey, uh, hockey ops president and, you know, what does that mean for Jeremy Carlton and Stan Bowman? And, um, so we, uh, to, pre- to predict a year from now, um, I know that we've written some stories about the athletic, but it's, 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 it's hard to project there's going to be so many changes, you know, is, is Alex Nylander the real deal, can they trust him, um, you know, uh, will they resign Saad, so I, I think there are a lot of questions, but, you know, you, you look at the depth guys, and, um, you, know, uh, you know, maybe some like, maybe they, they're going to probably have to expose the defense, and especially if Seabrook's around, because guys on the no, the no movement clauses, they have to automatically protect, so maybe like a Dahan or Murphy, someone gets protected, because, um, you know, they're going to, they're gonna, uh, you know, you, you have guys like Nylander and, um, you know, obviously Taves and Kane will be protected. So it'll be interesting. But, um, you know, I think I think after this offseason, we can have a better idea of projecting because I do think this roster is going to uh, change a bit again, pretty again whenever the season ends. Uh, I'm just taking a stab at this really quick. I know we did, his name wasn't brought up in this, but could you see the Seattle Kraken taking a stab at Brent Seabrook's contract since he's up from that way, British Columbia area north of there? Could, could they could use a huge contract and an established veteran? What do you think? Yeah, well, the first thing is that he just needs he needs to waive his no movement clause, so he, he can dictate um, what the Blackhawks can do with him with that contract. He just he, he gets to say everything. So if he's fed up with the Blackhawks, 
Um, and, and he and he says, yeah, you know, you, you can expose me to the draft, and I, and I wave my no-moving clause, and they can put him out there. Um, and then you would think the Blackhawks and Seattle have some sort of conversation about it. Um, there might be, you know, with, with these type of things, there's sometimes there's back, you know, backdoor deals and backroom deals, and just uh, you know, you take this guy and we'll help you out here, or that sort of thing. And um, uh, but again, Seabrook's contract runs, uh, you know, I think it's a run for a good another four years or so. So even if Seattle, if you bring him on, uh, knowing, uh, you know, next training camp's gonna, next training camp's going to be telling too to kind of figure out where Seabrook's at. Um, you know, is, is he really a different player? Do these surgeries have any any effect, or uh, is his age and his time caught up with him? He's played a lot of games, so um, and, may, and maybe that will kind of dictate where he goes and where where the rest of his career goes. But I know that people have kind of made that uh, that link to you know him being from a little bit you know obviously on the Canadian side of that area, but right. maybe that there's some uh, you know allure for him to go back there, and and, and maybe it's possible. I just I don't know if Seattle is a as an expansion team wants to take on um, take on that many years in terms still, you know, just it's uh, it's still a hefty contract. Even you know, obviously they'll be trying to uh, to build toward uh, at least to the bottom part of the ceiling. But um, it, it'll uh, you know with uh, you know especially with the cap the cap ceiling staying pretty stagnant right. for a couple of years because of everything that it may change uh, what teams do too, and you know bringing on type his type of contract may be. Uh, you know, less appealing than if it was if they were, uh, the cap was growing still. So. Nah, I was just taking a stab at it. That's all. That's all. <laughs> so a few a few weeks ago, the Hawks finally inked University of Defend, uh, Denver defenseman and second round pick Ian Mitchell. What's the makeup of this kid? Who is who's a comp for Ian Mitchell? What are the Hawks getting here? Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not great at comps, but I uh, he, he, you know he's an offensive defenseman. Um, you know, his, his high offense offside isn't like Boquist. Boquist is, you know, pretty special offensively. But, you know, I look at Mitchell as more of a, you know, second power play kind of quarterback guy. I think he's a little bit, I think he, I know he's further along defensively than Boquist. You know, he spent three years in college and really worked on that side of the game. Um, there, uh, you know, the fact that he is a smaller guy, you know, there are probably some limitations to what he can do in the defensive zone, but he's he's a really good skater. He's gotten better with the stick and you know breaking up plays. Um, you know, I, I don't know if he's a top pairing defenseman, um, but uh, you know the Blackhawks certainly liked him enough where I think that's you know what they envision him being uh, is part of the reason why they traded Henry Okiharu last summer. I, I think they saw Mitchell's ceiling being higher and uh, worrying that Mitchell may decide to stay in college for four years if. Uh, you know, if the path is is a lot more cluttered, and you know, you had Seabrook and Murphy, and um, you had Boquist, and, and if you had Yogi Haru in there, there it's, it's a little bit harder of a path for someone to get to the NHL. And I, I think by trading Yogi Haru, they are actually hoping that Mitchell would turn pro last summer, and he decided to to stay one more year at Denver. And um, you know, but I, I think he's uh, I think he's pretty close to being NHL ready. You know, I, I've been to Denver a couple times over the last few years, and. He's definitely been impressive, and I think he's gotten better. And um, you know, I um, I don't you know there was a chance that he was going to be eligible for this, and I don't know if it would have made sense to, to put him in there, throw him in there. And I, I, I think in a year's time that he's um, you know he's a possibility to, for for pushing a spot. And again, this is going to come down to Seabrook a little bit too. Where's Seabrook at? And um, is Mitchell uh, you know give them a better option because you know with Murphy and Pope was coming back, those are two guys that. You would, you would assume stay on the right side and Mitchell being a right-handed shot too that uh, he could be in the mix so you, you have a number of young defensemen even Lucas Carlson 
uh, you know, I thought some mm-hmm. showed some promising signs, and uh, you know, Nicholas Bodin, he got his first NHL game before the pause, and uh, there are a lot of young defense from the Blackhawks like, and it's, it'll be, be a matter of fate, making room for them too with uh, you know guys like DeHaan and Murphy and, and certainly Keith and Seabrook signed for a number of years still. All right, so I got I got a couple more here for you, Scott, and I appreciate your time. I don't I don't want to keep you on too too long. No I know that it's getting pretty late here. But if the Blackhawks lose their series against the Oilers, they will have a 12.5% chance of getting the number one overall pick. Is there a clear-cut number one pick? As bad as it sounds, should the Blackhawks tank with those odds? Well, yeah, well, yes, they should tank in the, but in, in, because the odds of probably getting the first pick are probably higher than getting the... Uh, Winning the Stanley Cup, I mean, right. there is there is a, a franchise-changing player in this draft that at least you know from what all the scouts say. I haven't uh, you know done a lot of scouting myself, but there's a, there's a kid named Alexi Lafreniere who's a Canadian kid who's uh, who's you know everyone's the clear-cut number one pick. So um, from a larger perspective, yes, it would make sense for the Blackhawks to lose this, and they could benefit from this. Uh, obviously, that's not going to be the mentality of the team or or the coach or anything. They're going to go out there and win it. So. Uh, there's no way of really tanking in hockey. You know, there's too many players on, on the ice. Uh, you know, certainly if Crawford's unable to play for whatever reason, that would certainly uh, diminish their odds. But if, if you were the owner of the team or the general manager, and um, if you just had a, a say or a want in this, it, it would probably be to lose because um, your, your team probably isn't going to win the cup. And uh, the chance of having a number one pick would, would certainly set up the Blackhawks for uh, you know for, for the next generation of stars. I mean, if you added a number one pick alongside with Doc and Boquist, and um, you, you could see how the Blackhawks could still bridge success pretty quickly with the uh, the end of you know end of the course uh, end of the course time here. So um, yeah, in theory, it would make a lot of sense, but it's it's obviously not the uh, the intention or the uh, the drive of the uh, the people actually deciding the games. Okay, Scott, I got three more things for you, my friend. Here we go. You ready? Yep. Who wins this series, the Blackhawks or the Oilers? I think if Crawford plays, I think the Blackhawks may pull this off. I, I think... Uh, Gun I to think, your head. Gun to your head, Scott. Who wins this series? Yeah, no, I, I, I think it's going to be the Blackhawks. I, I think the goaltending is going to make a difference. I think guys like... Uh, I, I think like the, the fact that Doc's come along as far as he, he has. I think Nylander's playing better. Um, I, I don't know if the Blackhawks go any further than this, but I, I think they pull off the upset and, and they beat Edmonton in five games. There you go. There you go. Okay. All right. All right. Who is your pick to win the cup? Uh, I think I picked Tampa. Um, I think they learned a lot from last year's failures, and they have the team to uh, to make the run now. Okay, and the last thing I want to get from you, Scott, I want to get a station ID from you, my friend, if you could. How's that sound? Sure. All right, man. Say this is Scott Powers, and you're listening to the Fat Mike Chicago Sports Show. I'll count you down from three, okay? All right, you ready? Three, two, one, go. This is Scott Powers, and you're listening to Fat Mike Sports Talk Show. Uh, Let's try it again. Fat Mike Chicago Sports Show. All right, it's okay, man. There's there's been guys that have done this uh, before that have taken a long time to do it. So, I mean, Fat Mike's Fat Mike Chicago Sports Show. Chicago Sports Show. Okay, you got this. All right, you ready? Three, two, one, go. 
This is Scott Powers, and you're listening to Fat Mike Chicago Sports Show. Boom. That's it, my friend. Scott, thank you so much for coming on here. We really do appreciate it. You joining us tonight. We, co- you know, where can all my listeners and stuff find you at? How do we find you? Uh, I just said just the athletic, and then my uh, my Twitter handle is by Scott Powers. By Scott Powers at b y s c o t t p o w e r s. Guys, go follow him. He is a great follow. He is an article that I search for every single time during the hockey season. He is the man, Scott. Thank you so much, my friend. I appreciate it. We'll talk soon. No, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Take, Take care, care, my friend. All right, guys, and that was Scott Powers. That's a kick-ass interview. I know I'm super pumped up for hockey season. I cannot wait for it for puck drop here coming up. It's driving me nuts. All my sports are are gone, but they're finally coming back, and I can't wait for them all to come back. And, and that's hockey, baby. So thank you, Scott Powers, for joining us tonight. That guy is a hockey nut, and I love it. He's like I said, he's always one of those articles I seek out to read during the NHL season because he actually knows what the fuck he's talking about. Great insight from Scott there. Can't wait to have him on again. But guys, can just think about it like this. Wouldn't it be something if the Hawks win the Cup, though? Like, honestly, think about it. A team that wouldn't even have made the fucking playoffs if everything with COVID-19 didn't happen to winning the Stanley Cup. My mind would be blown. It should be interesting, to say the least. So with that, guys, I have a little thing for you from Stud Stubbs. So let me see if I can get that going. No, you know what? Fuck it. I'll just play this. Guys, I cannot wait for that sound, for that, for that sound to go off, and it's gonna suck without any fans in the stands. Can you believe that? That all that's gonna happen with no fans in the stands? There's not gonna be any singing going crazy at the United Center. There's not gonna be any during the national anthem. The crowd going ape shit. There's not gonna be any of that. I'm just now thinking about that. That that really sucks. I completely forgot about that. That really blows. I'm not I'm not looking forward to that. That's one thing that makes Chicago hockey. I love going to Hawks games and doing that. I remember the first time I took the Megalodon. That's that's my old lady guy, so you guys know. The Megalodon. I call her the Megalodon, Megalonoma, the Megster. She's she's a bunch of different names. All right. But she's awesome. I love her to death. But, you know, the, she... I remember the first time I took her to a hockey game, she was she was sitting there like, what the fuck is going on here? Why is everybody screaming at the top of their lungs during the national anthem? Like, are you kidding me? Like, what's going on? And I was like, no, this is this is what happens. This is what happens. And the, the goals, and then the, the Hawks scored, and Chelsea Dagger starts playing. It's a fucking place. It's a rocking party, man. It's awesome. I love the United Center for Hawks games. Absolutely love the United Center for Hawks games. Hopefully they can pump the noise in, like some of you guys are suggesting in the 
in the chat room. But man, it, it, do you think it'll be the same? Will the pumped in music after the Hawks score a goal be the same? Will it be the same? I don't think it'll be the same. I don't think it can be the same. I mean, there's so much. It's yeah, okay. You have the music, but you don't have the screaming fans. That place gets loud as hell, man. I mean, I'm sure a couple of you guys have been to a Hawks game, and if you have been, if you haven't been to a Hawks game, you gotta go to one. It's one of the loudest places I've ever been to in my life. The place is fucking crazy loud. I love it. I love every second of the Hawks game. Unless they fucking lose. I've been to a lot of them games, believe me. Well, guys, we got Today in Sports History coming up. So here we go. Today in Sports History. Well, guys, in 1946, the Boston Red Sox, Rudy York, hits two grand slams in one game, and he has 10 RBIs. In 1983, Gaylord Perry joins Nolan Ryan and Steve Carlton to reach 3,500 career strikeouts in a season. He, 30, in, in, in This season, to join him at 3,500 strikeouts. He also wins his first game as a Royal. In 1988, Baseball star Tommy John commits a record three errors on one play as the Yankees route the Brewers 16-3. In 1993, New York Mets starting pitcher Anthony Young wins his first game in a long time. He ends his losing streak at 27 games. Holy Christ. In 1996... A bomb explodes at the Atlanta Olympic Park, killing two people and 110 injured. In 1997, British Senior Open Men's Golf at Royal Portrush Golf Club. Gary Player of South Africa wins with a birdie on the second playoff hole against countryman John Bland. In 1999, Tony Hawk is the very first skateboarder to land the elusive 900. Also, on today's date, we have a couple of birthdays. A-Rod and Shea Hillenbrand share a birthday. Titans quarterback Ryan Tannehill and Jordan Spieth all have birthdays today. So happy birthday to those guys. So we do have a winner to the Firehouse Hook and Ladder trivia question, and that is Bobby Phelan. Bobby Phelan, congratulations on the on the win, bud. That was, a, that was a good one. That was a good one. If you send over your information to me, I'll send you out the firehouse card. You can eat a big old fat Mike steak sandwich on the house, baby, because that's what's up. And, uh, yeah, guys, I mean, as we know, that as, as I hit today in sports history, usually it's time for me to end the show, okay? And I'm, I'm going to kind of push through a little bit here before I start calling out my shout-outs and stuff like that. And, you know... Today's show kind of got kind of got axed a little early, so. But you know, about six hours ago, I was told that I, that 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 the bar room and myself were no longer going through going forward with one another, and that's the case. Okay, so I will no longer be a part of the bar room. The bar room will have nothing to do with Fat Mike Chicago Sports Show. If you guys want to listen to me, find me on here on the at Fat Mike Mix LR station. 
You guys can find me here. I am going to be switching my days. I will be back again on Wednesday night at 7.30 for you guys. I'm going to be doing Wednesday nights at 7.30. That way I can discuss baseball throughout the week, football coming up during the weekend, hockey playoffs. I'm not going to be sitting on Monday night while everybody's trying to watch football or Thursday night while everybody's trying to watch football. I can hang out, hang out with everybody in the crowd here. We can start whenever we want to. 7.30 is the time to do it. Here we go. I'm still going to be doing a bunch of live shows. I do have a live show coming up the very first week of the NFL season. I will be back at the Sock Sports Bar and Grill over at 9300 South Roberts Road out in Hickory Hills. Those guys are a fucking badass time. They have great food, excellent beer, and they have a great situation going on over there, and I love that place. They do everything for everybody there. They give you the shirt off your back. Literally, the owner of the the owner of the bar gave me a sock shirt, uh, the sock bar and grill shirt. But it's it, it's fantastic. I love that place. But we will be there again week one. We will have another raffle to give away some cool shit. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right. So make sure you guys show up to that live show. And if COVID gets worse, then keep your asses at home, and I will do the same. I ain't going to be dicking around out with all these sick fucking people coughing, hacking, sneezing, and chewing out all over everybody. Okay? Neither should you guys. All right? This shit is real. All right? It is real. Everybody, be careful out there. Okay? All right? Now, with that, we have shout-outs. I want to shout-out everybody that came in and joined the the, the show tonight. Uh, AD, White Sox, Circle, Jerkle. That's a great name. I love that. I don't know who you are, but that's a great name. If I, I've been looking at that all night. It's fucking hysterical. Bobby Phelan, thank you so much. Tarbell, thank you for coming on. Harpy, thank you for coming on in. Sandman, 4414. Chris, thanks, man. Chubbs, thanks for coming on in. Swagman, thanks for coming on in. All right. And don't, uh, don't, don't be hesitant. I'm still going to be all over the Twitter machine. I'm still going to be all over Facebook. I'm still going to be picking on everybody. And like I said, there's no animosity towards me and the barroom guys. I love them fucking guys. Okay? I really do. I love all them guys. Okay? There is absolutely no ill will towards them guys. It's just, it was time for both of us to part ways. Okay? And that's that's what it boils down to. All right? And who knows what the future has in store. Maybe someday I'll be back at the barroom. Maybe not. Who knows? Okay? But... They're, without them, I wouldn't have you get half the guys listening to the show in the in the live chat right now. A lot of my a lot of my plays get downloaded. Okay, but thank you guys so much for coming on in here. I really do appreciate it. And just like every single week, guys, we're gonna end the show on a really kick-ass song note. I love this guy. This guy is amazing. His name is Harley Poe, and he's a good buddy of mine. He's out from the Joliet area. Fucking, I've seen this guy play a bunch of times, and he's just absolutely amazing. Kind of, kind of countryish type of folk rock acoustic music. He's really, really good. Sorry for the quick show for you guys tonight. Like I said, a lot of my stuff got axed tonight. Okay, but um, I will make sure that it all works out for on Wednesday. We will have a nice show on Wednesday again, starting at 7:30, 7:30 p.m. Central Standard Time. We will have a kick-ass show. Make sure you guys are here. Okay, but on that note, you guys, thank you so much. Guys that keep on downloading the show, keep on downloading it. There is a podcast for the replay. It is on Spotify. You can find it on Spotify. 
You can find it on Anchor. You can find it on iTunes. It will be up towards the end of the show, uh, towards a little later on tonight or tomorrow morning. I'll upload it, and we'll get it on going, guys. But thank you so much. Again, this is Harley Poe with ES&D. So here we go.
for life cause you don't wanna die You're made for this, there's no reason to cry Do you fear death? May I ask why? Our days are numbered the moment we start In the end it all falls apart Each and every pointless work of art Do you have purpose or do you 